Disclaimer. The views expressed on this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik are solely the opinions of the host and the guest. The content of the conversation is not reflective of the institutions or establishments mentioned therein. Take all these opinions with a pinch of salt and a dash of lime if needed. Namaskara, good morning, good afternoon or good evening whenever you're watching or listening and welcome to this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik. My guest this week is Jonathan Williams. Jonathan and I, like most of my guests, uh, met at the University of Central Oklahoma. <laughs> That's a bit of a running joke at this point, but hey, there's a lot of interesting people I've met and there's a lot of interesting things to learn about them. And in this episode, it's no different. Jonathan and I spoke about a wide range of topics uh, related to health, um, because his field of study is related to that, um, along with religion and so much more. So there's a ton that you can take out of this episode in terms of relatability or just lessons in general. So without further ado, I present to you Jonathan Williams on this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Hey, man. I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Uh, before you get started, let the people know who you are, what some of your likes are, some of your dislikes, some of your future aspirations. Yeah. Okay. Anything you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jonathan Williams, and uh, I'm originally from Madhya Pradesh, India. Uh, I came to UCO four years ago, so 2017 spring. Um, wanting to pursue exercise fitness management because I grew up uh, playing basketball. I grew up playing all kinds of sports, but love playing basketball. Aim in love with basketball still to this day. Uh, Want to work with professional athletes in some point in life. Um, but yeah, just love fitness. Just love hanging out with friends. You know, just um, what else? What else? Likes and dislikes? Any likes or dislikes? Yeah. Um, Both actually can't really think of like dislikes i mean the only thing that comes to my mind right now when i say it's like i hate broccoli i hate cauliflower <laughs> so i think that's the only thing that i could think of when it comes to like dislike why do you hate it i don't know what it is it's just the structure the the structure texture oh. texture not structure texture okay. and uh growing up my mom literally would like want me to eat like cauliflower and like she literally and you would relate to this because like in india we have called uh, like gobi paratha alu paratha right right so like it's basically like smushed up all vegetables and everything and like rolled up in a tortilla right so that like right. the kid doesn't know what's in there but still <laughs> getting nutrients right that's that's the only way i would eat that because if i see that in my plate i'm not touching it i don't know why and to the till to this day like i just it's something of, it it smells disgusting to me it taste mm. it, i feel like there's no taste and but yeah mm. i could just go on a rant but i don't want to but that's that's something i did just like i can't think of anything else right now so let's just go with that <laughs> okay were you never a gobi manchurian fan no so i love chicken and i uh-huh. i grew up eating chicken so like that was like my cop out i was like chicken manchurian all the time like gobi manchurian absolutely not okay I mean, Fair. every now and then I could like 
taste it or try it. But like, if I have the option to eat something else, absolutely, I'm going with something else. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, no, three. I and mean, for those of you who don't know, gobi manchurian is sort of like a cauliflower-based yeah. dish. Um, what, what's in it? I forget what's in it now. I mean, <laughs> it's been a while since I've had it's it. A, it's a, it's pretty much like like some kind of like spicy sauce with like spring mm. onions and like sometimes peppers. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I've had it too. It's it's yeah. like one of like the um what's it called? Like the easiest to get street food in India for sure. Mm. You know? Like that's that's what because we as friends would always go hang out at like like the street corners and like chaat masala and all of that stuff. And Gobi Manchurian would be the preference for people who are vegetarian. So right. so yeah. We we, we I, I did take part in that a little bit, but I had my chicken, so <laughs> Right, 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 right. You went for the chicken, not for the gopi. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's I don't know why I just had this thought pop up into my head. It's sort of funny. You said um you're sort of into fitness and like cuz that's your that's what you're studying, mm-hmm. right? Um <laughs> broccoli is supposed to be or is believed to be one of the most sort of healthiest vegetables out there. It is. So, uh the I don't know the juxtaposition of that I just find it really interesting how so uh, it's it's really funny that you bring that up that like because uh, because like uh, since I found that out and like I knew like it was like a like a big component of like building muscle and like healthy food uh, I did start eating it because like I started meal prepping it and like most of my meals would consist like chicken rice and broccoli because that's like the main component every bodybuilder and every like fitness freak would be like oh yeah chicken and rice chicken and rice and Mm. add some broccoli to it so that would be but still i just don't know what it is about broccoli that i just cannot like it i Mm. just don't know i I eat it every now and then i won't like but i dislike it. strongly dislike it i won't say hate i strongly dislike it Mm. (laughs) yeah gotcha (laughs) what are your favorite vegetables if you were to split that up uh i love spinach i love okra I love, mm. uh, I don't eat a lot of vegetables, if, if you can tell. Um, uh, I honestly don't know. Yeah, no, spinach, okra, beans. I love beans, green beans. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, potatoes are vegetables, right? <laughs> right? Fair. Yeah, yes. yeah. So I like potatoes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I love me some good potatoes. So hash browns, French fries, all all potatoes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that would be some. The reason I love spinach so much is uh, because my mom used to make this uh, dish with uh, paneer. So it's like farmer's cheese, mm. farmer's cheese, and people find it disgusting when I say that because it they related to like cheese in as a as a dish kind of. Yeah, you know, and but like in India, it's like so famous, like ev- like basically like every other house eats it. Um, but it's basically like spinach curry with farmer's cheese in it, you know. Right, like palak paneer. Palak paneer, basically, exactly. that's what it's called. Yeah, that's what it's called. So no, that was my favorite, one of my favorite dishes, like vegetarian dishes growing up. Like if my mom would be mm. like, "All right, we're not making chicken today, or we're not make cooking any kind of meat." What would you like? And my answer would be like palak paneer. <laughs> like, let's go palak paneer. <laughs> Easy option. Nice. Yep. Are you a rice guy or a flatbread guy or a chapati guy? Chapati guy. Flatbread. 
for sure. Same. And same. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I've gotten better with it growing up. Like chapati was just easier for me, I guess. Because mm-hmm. like, because Indians eat with hand, right? So like for me to right. like grasp that concept as a young guy, I was just like, I don't know what I want. Like, I mean, I'm still eating with hand, like if I'm eating a flatbread, but it's just like less messier, I guess. Yeah. And it just tastes better. And plus like naan bread or naan, butter naan, I would pick that any day over rice. Mm. Yeah. Rice is a good substitute, but it's not the best. <laughs> Fair enough. Because yeah. I think like mixing uh, rice with curry. Mm-hmm. And like that sort of whole action of like right. bowling it up together and sort of putting it into your mouth. Yeah. I mean, for those who've not eaten with their hands, it's really weird. Right. Right. But I guess as Indians, we sort of get used to doing that mm-hmm. at home. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. And it's like crazy because like, um, so my parents are from South and in South, mm. they like most of the people, like they use their whole hand instead of just their fingers. So like, that's more like, for me, it was just like, yeah, that I, I don't think I can ever do that using your whole like fist to make a ball mm. out of a rice have you ever have you ever mm-hmm. like witnessed that no it's interesting you say that because even the, like i'm also from my, uh, the south too my parents would always yell at me for using my whole hand they'd just be like use your fingers right. you, you're not using you're not smashing stuff with your palms use your fingers yeah. to eat so it's, yeah I'm, it's interesting how <laughs> yeah i guess i guess yeah. it's like i mean it's not too far away, but like Kerala and Maharashtra is like yeah. right there. But like Keralaites and Tamil Nadu, like people there, like mostly people or majority of people like eat with like all of their hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. No, wherever I've seen in Karnataka, I think we're sort of more finger people than yeah. palm people, yeah. I guess. Yeah. If that's one way of putting it. I mean, hey, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, for people listening, don't draw weird conclusions out of this. It's just to be talking about yeah. food. <laughs> Honestly, India is a India is a wild place for sure. Like it's a mix of a lot of different cultures and a lot of different styles of eating, speaking, act, mm. acting. Yeah. <laughs> Would you call it a sensory overload? For sure. For sure. Like, I, I, I actually like that you put it that way because, like, um, my friends ask me if uh, they would like India or, like, what would their first reaction mm. be, you know? Like, because, like, for me, like, growing up there, like, what, like me now seeing people who lived here and grew up here, what would their reaction, first reaction be going there? So, like, sensory overload, I feel like would be the best way to put it. Because, like, I, t- mm. I keep telling people, I'm like, I don't think you're ready for what you're going to witness when you step foot in India. And I, it's like anywhere, like it doesn't matter what state you go to. It's just like the smell is different. People are different. You're everything just, it's wild. It's like definitely a culture shock for sure. Like that's the definition of a culture shock right there. No, totally, totally, totally. totally. I agree with you. I agree with you. Cause I think a lot of the times when um, people, think of india they think of it as like a sort of one thing Mm -hmm. but then there's many different smaller things within that one thing when you go around the country so yeah it's 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 sort of interesting how it can be a sensory overload and it can be a sensory overload for people who've lived within the country Mm -hmm. too oh yeah like for example if a person from the south coast to the north Mm -hmm. it's a totally different thing right so you know yeah 
just a random sort of thought uh is there any part of india that you haven't been to that you'd like to be to or like to sort of visit rather yes um <clears throat> excuse me i've always wanted to um go to like the east side so like assam nagaland like all of that places and cuz i've always felt like it's so beautiful and it's like just the like the mm-hmm. good mix of just like the hilly areas flatlands like all of that stuff like growing up like learning about like the darjeeling tea like i want to try the darjeeling tea in darjeeling you know like it's a it's a place mm. for, yeah for people who don't know darjeeling it's a place in india that has like the best tea so yeah like that's one of the places cuz i've never been to the east side ever and i always thought cuz like our schools like our high schools would take like educational trips or field trips but they would always go either north or south cuz like they were always like oh yeah uh, mm. we'll go to shimla because it's like this hill station or we'll go to nenital because it's hill station you right. know like like the but i was also like man like we could honestly just go to east and explore some more places right. that i don't think a lot of people have explored you know mm. i feel like i don't know and that's this is just me personally i feel like eastern side of india like eastern i when i say eastern like like the borders you know like the borders right 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 yeah or like close to like burma like bangladesh nepal like that side of right, the right yeah. like burma uh, myanmar like all of that like where there um like um touching borders with that cluster yeah i feel like they get or like those states get a little like ignored when it comes when when people start talking about india mm-hmm. you know because i feel like it's so clustered amongst like these big metropolitan cities that like people forget about like man like we have brothers and sisters on that part of the country too you know cuz i feel like i don't hear a lot about or growing up i didn't hear a lot about like what's going on in eastern side of india mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no i relate to you with on that 100% cuz i personally also want to visit that part of the country yeah and i do agree like unfortunately since they're sort of in that corner mm. they've just been left to be in that corner right and even if even if they do uh, sort of come to the like come to the bigger cities they misunderstood to be people from other parts of the world exactly because they look different mm-hmm. too they're not yeah. necessarily the generic indian look right because um, they they're sort of part closer to where tibet is and all those parts are right so you know they probably look less indian and more like those parts of the world right So unfortunately they get misunderstood for being from other parts yeah. of the world rather than being from India. Yeah. So it's really sad. Mm-hmm. But yeah. No, it's yeah, I'd definitely love to go there too. Yeah. Um <laughs> But yeah, switching switching tracks back to uh a little more about you. What got you into fitness? Cuz usually as a child I mean we do play a lot. Yeah. But when you think about fitness <clears throat> fitness it's not sort of like the thing that kids gravitate towards mm-hmm. if if that makes sense no, yeah so what got you into fitness <sighs> fun story fun story for sure well it's fun now it wasn't fun then so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah for like listeners disclaimer like this is pro- this could get a little heavy for a lot of people so but i would love to share it cuz like it's it's a part of my story so um growing up like i mean yes like you said like kids play around and like we like do all kinds of stuff right um my family had a our own bakery so like our, we had our own business mm. bakery business right and um 
So which means like I could have all kinds of sweets and all kinds of foods for free. Well, not free really, but like, you know, like for me, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, it's my dad's business. I can just walk in and get whatever I want and how much ever I want. There's no like limit right. to it. Right. And that mm-hmm. kept happening. And like, it kind of became like a routine of just like, and that, that was the time when I was like, not like active or like playing or anything like that. Mm. You know, that was like this um, season of life where I was just like eating, 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 like no, no, nothing like crazy. Like, Oh, I was like dealing with some kind of like stress or anything like that. But just like, as a kid, I have a suit to just eating. Yeah. And, and the ultimate result of eating a lot and not having a physical, like a physical, like a active physical life is, uh, you get, you get a little like go towards like obesity, you know, you like, you get, you get a little big, you get a little, like not, not being able to like move and stuff like that. And, um, we were like, um, on our way to school one morning and, um, uh, one of my friends just, I don't know why, like they were, we were just like talking about it and we just got in like a weird argument. And he just said like, you can't even do nothing to me because you're so fat. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that got me. Cause I was just like, yeah. Oh shoot. I mean, you ain't wrong. Like my first instinct was like, I mean, you ain't wrong, but like, why would you like say that to my face? You know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And my brother was like into basketball and all kinds of sports then like he and like working out and all of that stuff. So that kind of like was like, man, like I need to change something. This needs to change because like I can't just like spend my life just like, you know, just just eating pretty much. You know, I need to control this. Mm. I need to actually like take care of my body. Um, so that's how like I got into like sports and stuff. I like basically like just followed my brother's footsteps like he he played all kinds of sports. So I played every sport. I like, he was like, basically like my mentor, like teaching me all these sports. And then finally I got into basketball and stuff. And I used to jump rope like crazy. Like I could do all kinds of tricks. I could like fat, like speed jump rope, like do like crisscross and stuff like that. Cause I just like, so got, and like, I love like the real reason I love fitness is because like, I love to see the results and how addictive of like the nature of like seeing results is so addictive. Like, I love to see that because like, I was like, man, like when I started seeing results, like I started becoming fast, I started growing, like I, my height grew and like, I started becoming like more lean and more fit. I was fast. I was, I could jump higher. Like I, I used to be able to like dunk a basketball um, mm. and I'm only like five ten. You know, so like that was like a big achievement. So I'm just like, all these results are so addictive because then I'm just like, man, I want, I want to strive for more or I want to maintain at least like, I want to maintain all these achievements that I have. So that's, that's how I like, was like, man, like, and I, my family always wanted to, um, always wanted me to become some kind of doctor. And that's like very mm. typical Indian very different, right yeah. so they were just like yeah like you yeah like we gave you the name this is this is funny because we gave you the name jonathan williams and dr jonathan williams has a really nice ring to it so <laughs> why not become doctor and i was like huh, well that's not how it works but sure we'll try <laughs> we'll try you know like just yeah so wanted to be like in a medical field like something like that and then like it just like just trying to figure out like how can i like still be involved in something that I'm passionate about, but also like maybe even like try to like honor my parents, you know? 
And mm. kinesiology was like just something that stuck out. I started researching about it and basically like studying how body moves, studying how like, you know, like what you need to do to prevent these kind of injuries or if you have an injury, how to get better, how to do better and get back to your original strength. So all of that just fascinates me and human body just fascinates me in general. So I was just like, yeah. man, like fitness is like such a good way to impact people because you're just like, why, like I, if I can see the results and I can be like, I, if I have the benefits and I have been impacted personally, how much more can I benefit people from my story? And so many more people out there can relate to that, you know? So that's, I know I just went on a whole ramble, but that I think answers no, you're good. the question. You're good. Yeah. No, you're good. This, this, this whole like thing is about <laughs> rambling. Yeah. So I'm totally up for it. Yeah. I'm totally up for I it. I love that. Uh, but you mentioned something interesting there about how the results of being fit get, get addictive. Um, so for you, someone being a foodie, like you were a foodie at that I point still, in your life. I still am. I still am. Fair yeah. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, and, um, this might, this might take a bit of a deep turn, okay. hey. uh, but uh, yeah, like for example, you know how like sometimes we can attach our sort of feelings to food and sort of like, you know, just consume food and sort of seek happiness through that. Mm -hmm. But being able to switch to seeking happiness from being fit, is probably the healthier way of doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sort of um, staying fit and staying active and doing the right things in that aspect yeah. is probably the best thing that you could do for yourself. Mm -hmm. So. I personally feel like I'm in that crossroads at the moment because I'm a foodie too. Mm -hmm. I love being a foodie. Yeah. Uh, and, but at the same time, sometimes I'm like, I need to do better and I need to keep myself fit. Um, so what is it that stops people from making that switch to being fit? In your own opinion, this is your opinion. So it doesn't matter, but yeah, it doesn't necessarily, <laughs> you don't need to feel like you're going to offend anybody. Oh no, no. Yeah. But there's that. Um, so let me let me let me get the question set. So like what is that one thing are you asking that like one thing or multiple things that stop people from switching from seeking pleasure in food okay. to seeking pleasure in being fit and healthy. Okay. I think like the umbrella of this, like an overarching uh theme of it would be like what really are you finding your happiness in? You know? Mm. So like, I mean, like me personally, like, I mean, yes, like somebody could be so addicted to food or so self-pleasuring to, towards food. It could be the same thing with working out too, you know, like people sometimes do it mm. so in a, such an unhealthy manner that like, it's like gym, like gym in the morning, gym in the evening, gym at night, like, you know, and that's also not healthy, mm. you know? So like, yeah, it, and it, everything is like good in moderation. I believe like any, anything right. access, like you cannot be in two different spectrums. Like there has to be some places where you need to have the right balance. So I think like one, like, I mean, one thing is definitely like, what are you actually like trying to find your happiness in? Like what is actually mm -hmm. satisfying you? Cause like, and what are, what, what is, do you even have a vision for yourself? Like, what are you actually mm -hmm. trying to achieve from your life? If that mm -hmm. makes sense. Cause like, no, no, that does. Yeah. Cause for like, for someone, because for a lot of people, and um, now again, like I'm not trying to like offend anybody or anything like that, but for a lot of obese people, and this is like things things that I'm backing up with like what I've learned in school, you know, going to school for right. like exercise fitness. 
for a lot of obese people, like the underlying factor is like them not them not personally trying to make that change, you know. And it could it could be mm. a lot of factors, like like the, something crazy happened in their lives, their mental health is dealing with something, or like their family, like they have like some family issues, they have some personal issues, and things like that. But like at the end of the day, like if you don't personally make that change, no one else can actually make it for you. So like, that's what it comes down to it. It's like, are you actually, and again, like a lot of factors, like you surrounding yourself with people who are actually trying to push you and build you in a way where you're like, man, like, I feel like because I'm such a true friend to you, I think you should get up, get up your butt and do something about this thing. You know, instead of sitting there Mm -hmm. and complaining about it, let's make a change. How can we make a change? How can I be a part of your change? How can I help you? You know, so like basically like surrounding people with them. So like, I feel like a lot of times people miss on that is that like, they don't have people mm-hmm. they don't, like, they don't have people around them who can build them up, who can like push them to achieve the goals or to achieve that satisfaction that they need from their life or they, what they want to see in their life. Does that make any, mm. you know? No, that does make sense. That does make sense. Because I think a lot of the times um, when you don't have that sense of knowing where you want to get, like in terms of setting a target, it can be very easy to sort of be like, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's just one more day. You know, I'll eat this. I'll eat this laddu or I'll eat a pizza or whatever, you know. So I think without that, without that target, it can be um, hard to establish that. And sometimes even with the target, like, you know, sometimes it can be a little hard uh for people depending on various reasons like of course there's multiple underlying factors like you said mm-hmm. be it a rough experience be it some mental health issues and so on right. that lead pe- that leads people down that path yeah so it's it's interesting how physical fitness has a huge connection with mental fitness mm-hmm. in a lot of ways uh is that something that you all learn in school like just just out of curiosity is that something yes. that they teach you in kinesiology yes so um so a part of it is like, so like what people don't understand a lot of times is like the reason why physical fitness is so like such a good goal to have or such a nice thing to have in your life or like why people push, push that so much is because like your brain is making you work that, right? So like when you work out, like there's like, there's like these um, hormones that are released, you know, into your brain, which make you feel that way of like the nice feeling, the cozy feeling, or like the good feeling if that like, you know, like I, I can't remember all of the hormones right now, but it's like a bit of like mm-hmm. dopamine, serotonin, all of that stuff, like it kicks in. And like, those are like the neural adaptations that we like, we learn about in school. It's like all of the workouts, the way you work out, the intensity of workout, what kind of workout you do, all of it affects your brain in some kind of way. So like, for a lot of like mm-hmm. simple example is like a nice walk in the park right for a lot of people it's like man like my eyes are seeing this beautiful nature and it's taking it all in that's what's making me feel good i mean yes it's a part of it mm-hmm. but because your body is moving and that's sending signals to your brain that your body is moving and it's active and it's doing the thing that it's supposed to, your brain is like, good, I need this more. I need this more. Mm -hmm. So your body is like releasing those hormones of making you feel good. You know, so like that's, that's like a simple example, but yes, we do to answer, 
question. We do learn about neural adaptations in in one like most of our classes. Mm. Is there anything that you uh, sort of went through in these courses so far that has sort of blown your mind, or that's something that you weren't necessarily aware of? It's hmm. a good question. It's a good question because I've had quite a bit of classes, but um, uh, or anything that sort of enforced the point that you knew. Yeah. If not, um, something that blew your mind. I mean, there's there's quite a there's quite a lot that like I have like actually learned that was like new to me. And mm-hmm. also like, oh, shoot, like all of these fitness gurus on Instagram and uh, TikTok nowadays, like they have all these like fitness um, regimens or like fitness things that they do. But like they're not backed up by science or like they're not backed up by like results or like, you know, like it's just like to get like the crowd, like basically. Right. Um mm. So one of the things that I am a big advocate of, and I learned it in in my personal nutrition class, was, and I I still like to this day like, and I will I probably will for the rest of my life will advocate for it. It's like, it really doesn't matter what you eat; it really matters how much you eat it. Mm. You know, so like for us, it's like, because like for a lot of people, what they think is like, man, I'm eating all these junk food right i need to stop it and what they do is like they get on this like strict diet and they're like i'm not gonna eat chips for the rest of my life or i'm not gonna eat chips for like two weeks three weeks right and i'm gonna get on this strict diet and eat all these things that are Mm -hmm. on this diet and just stick to it right what i for me what that does it does for like individual is like you're setting yourself up for failure because Mm. you're going from eating whatever you want to eating like this strict diet, you'll go one day, you'll go two days. The reason people fail so much on the third day is because your body is telling you, you really haven't like um, slowed into it or like gotten into it with the right mindset. Right. Like, Mm. so like, for example, like the calorie surplus or calorie deficit or calorie maintenance, right. You might have heard about that. So like, Mm -hmm. I feel like if your goal is to like maintain your weight, you have a like specific amount of calories that you can take in every single day. I believe if you can stick to that calorie deficit and eat whatever you want, you're good to go. Like you're fine with, mm. with physical fitness, of course, like with physical activity, mm. of course, like I'm not saying like eat whatever you want and just sit there, you know, and do nothing about yeah. it. But like if you are in that calorie intake and you are like sticking to it and you're sticking to moderation, you're fine. You know, and that's how I live by too. Like, I don't like tell people like, oh, I'm going to cut this. I'm going to cut that. I try to eat everything, but in moderation. So Mm. like two to three years from now, before I, before I had that mindset, I would have an Oreo pack and I'm probably might Mm. finish that whole pack in one day. Right. Mm -hmm. Which we all know that it's not good. Right. But now I've slowly gotten myself to a position with if if I do buy a pack like that, it lasts me like literally like three to four weeks or even like a couple of months because sometimes I forget about it because I'm so into like, man, like mm. I'm, only, I'm only gonna eat this much for today and I'll be done. 
and then like the next day I can like eat, like reward myself for that. So like it becomes a habit. And now, now my brain keeps telling me like, okay, yeah, you need some sweet, go, 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 go eat some sweet, but remember that you eat it in moderation. So that was something that I was just like, oh my goodness, like that was like mind blowing. Cause, um, another example I'll tell you is like the keto diet, right? Like, like it's hmm. such a high thing, like a keto diet, right? Now you will see a lot of people who go into keto diet they go on that keto diet and do well and they like reach their goals and things like that. Right. As soon as that deadline or like that last day happens, they go and eat whatever they want. Right. Like they just go ham on things. That's that defeats the purpose. Defeats the purpose. You know, like that's not what you did the diet for. Like you did a diet. So like, I feel like your diet or your nutrition should be more like a lifestyle instead of like a, like a strict, um, for a certain period of time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like if you can make your diet a lifestyle instead of making it a diet of like three to six months or a year, you would it, it would serve you so much better and you would actually see the results and you'll be much happier because you're not like restricting yourself from eating a donut if you want to, you know? Right. Like I can go eat a donut whenever I want to. I don't like stop myself from doing that because I know I can eat a donut today and then go like days without eating a donut and I should be right. fine. <laughs> right. So yeah. No, yeah. Based on what you said, like the sort of mindfulness attached with eating mm-hmm. seems to be the more important thing. Yeah. Come in comparison to what you're eating. Yes, like you said, don't smash a pack of Oreos in one day. Right. That's not to self because I do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, um like the aspect of being mindful towards eating seems to be like the overarching theme based off of what you said. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so for for you personally, since you've sort of made that switch, what, what what were a few things that helped you build that approach of being mindful with what you with what you eat? Yeah, that's. Uh, I feel like the biggest thing for me was like setting myself like smaller goals. Mm. Like so, like you heard of smart goals, right? So like trying to yeah. like really do that more often. So like basically like setting myself for goals that are like little goals. So like for example, like. I love coffee, right? Like I cannot live without coffee, right? I am, I am such a coffee addict that I'm so dependent on caffeine that one day or two days I go without caffeine, my head starts hurting so bad. Like, and that's bad, you know, Mm. but like for me, like I had to be mindful of it that like, I don't want to be so dependent on these substances of this world that, so like, I need to like teach myself that like how to like refrain from that. Right. So like, for example, sweets or chips or things like that, I I think I started doing it in like smaller doses, which I would be like, mm. I, I would not have it at my house. I would not have it at my apartment. I would have people around me holding me accountable to not eating it or drinking Coke. So like, mm. so for example, like at BCM, we have like a small fridge that has like all kinds of like drinks and stuff. Right. And you could just grab it for 50 cents. But I would tell people that like, Hey, if anyone even sees me trying to approach that fridge, stop me yell at me, scream at me, do whatever you want to, but stop me. Do not, do not let me do it. Right. And like when it keeps happening, your brain automatically is like, okay, I want to, I want a cookie right now, but it's actually good for me. And then somebody like from the back would be like, yeah, you shouldn't be eating it. Like you don't need it. And like that reassurance of like, you're, you're trying to achieve a goal. This would serve you better for the longer run. I think that helps a lot. It's like, so like basically saying like, 
setting myself up for smaller goals of saying like, oh, I won't eat this for a week, you know, but also like telling myself that like, what went, but when, I, when that week is over, I can go have a little fun with it, but not just indulge in it too much. Yeah. Mm, so that, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. So accountability, setting yourself up for smaller goals helps a lot. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. <laughs> this is probably like a bit of a pivot based off of what we were just talking about, but it's sort of related to you studying kinesiology. Okay. Um, and the, yeah, this is probably going to come as a hard pivot to those listening to, <laughs> but it's just the next question that's sort of calling out to me in my head. Um, you said that you chose kinesiology as a major, major, major to study because, uh, easy for me to say, <laughs> uh, because, uh, it sort of aligned with what uh, your parents sort of wanted out of you along with some of your passions. Mm-hmm. So firstly, is is that from a place of, well, no, I guess I could start with something else. Firstly, do you think that that can sometimes be a hindrance, like trying to also force, not, I guess force fit is the wrong word, but trying to sort of, fit in with what your parents want along with trying to pursue your passion. Can that be a hard thing to do or can that be a, the wrong thing to do? Uh, Cause you know how every time people are sort of like talking about, Oh, sorry to cut okay, you off, you but like, um, it's like, do it for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else. That sort of thing right. that people talk about. So yeah. How do you sort of look at those things sort of working together? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I personally feel like I'm like really blessed in that situation where like my parents never like said like, this is what you're doing and this is what we Mm. want from you. It was always in the sense of like, this is what we would like for you to do. You know, like this is something that like we dream of, but like at the end of the day, they understand that like I am my own person. So I am, I would be doing something that I am passionate about and like I am willing to do. And like, for us, so like for us Christians, like we we believe like whatever we do and wherever we are, we're doing it all for the glory of God. So like in everything mm-hmm. that we do, if we're doing it for the glory of God, it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be mm. like it shouldn't be like a feeling like a burden. Well, I say it shouldn't be hard. Mm. It could be hard, but it would at the end of the yeah. day is satisfying our soul. So you should like go for that instead of what you want as a person mm. or what you, what your parents want. So in that setting, like I always mm. feel like I have never been like burdened or like, um, what's the word? Like forced to choose to make, make, mm-hmm. make a choice by my parents because they've always been like, man, like at the end of the day, like, yes, we would love for you. Cause like, this is, this is us as parents saying that like, we would love for you to be a doctor, you know, like we would love for you to have a good life, right? things like that. But like at the end of the day, no matter what, we just want you to be happy and we want you to love what you're doing. So I don't think it's, mm. it's ever been like a hindrance. Cause like, yes, like there were parts where I had to have a conversation with them saying like, Hey, this might not look like what you are expecting, you know? Like I might, I might actually not be a doctor at some, any point. So like, I would say that be ready for that. Like, like that was a conversation that like it, it had to happen with my parents and, and they were okay with it. They were like, yes, like it hurts a little bit, but also like they have to realize that like they can't keep 
because like they're they're trying to like protect me and they're trying to like see me flourish and see me because like again like i'm my own person so like they can't force their dreams and their thoughts on myself or on my life so i don't think that was ever like a thing of like man like i want to do it for my parents but like i feel burdened it's more like Mm. i would love to do it but like if it doesn't go that way i'll be fine they'll be fine Mm. gotcha yeah that was a bit of a hard pivot yeah (laughs) from uh and i apologize if it was a bit jarring but uh um the next sort of thing that popped up into my head was you said that you need to have those hard conversations um for you have you personally if if you're comfortable sharing have you personally had any experiences where having those hard conversations was no pun intended hard for you to do yeah i would say I feel like every hard conversation in that I've have I have had in my life was hard. Like it's funny cuz like we actually talked about this the other day with my um couple of my friends and I was just like it's so hard to just like make yourself have that conversation or put yourself in a situation to have that conversation but cuz like for us as humans it's so much easier like find a cop out and be like, man, like if mm-hmm. I just ignore this situation or if I just like not think about this, I don't even have to do it. But that doesn't solve mm. the problem though. You know, mm. to be able to be a problem solver or to be able to actually come to a conclusion that is going to benefit both parties, you need to have that conversation. The conversation that I was having with my friends was more about like asking a girl out, you know? And I was just mm. like, man, if you like this girl and you do, and you know that you like this girl, you have to ask her out, you know, you have to address it no matter what, especially when you're good friends. Cause if you don't address it, it's still going to be in your brain somewhere. Right. Even though you try to, oh, yeah. even though you try to push it down or like shove it down or like not think about it. Like I would say like not think about it in quotes because like, there's no way you're not going to think about it. You're not going to think about it in front of mm-hmm. people, but like, when you go to bed, you're going to be like, man, I should have asked that girl out, you know, like that's the reality of life. So like for you to actually have an answer, if that girl wants to go out with you, there's only one way to find that out is to have that conversation, Mm -hmm. you know? So like every, I feel like every conversation that I've had in my life has been hard, but it's just the, just the line that you have to cross where you're like, you got to pull the trigger. If you don't pull the trigger, you're going to, you're going to either just like, just sulk in it and just be miserable in it or you're going to have that conversation have a mature adult conversation and then like find freedom in it Mm. what stops people from pulling the trigger from your opinion i think this this is actually funny because like this actually the first thing that popped up to my uh popped up in my mind when i said is we had this conversation it's unrealistic expectations right it's literally unrealistic expectations because like people make so much of what this other person is going to th- say think or is thinking mm. it's just so unrealistic you know and it's it's right. it's like a very real thing in today's world you know mm. like like for us like i'll give you an example like um like roommates, like take, for example, like roommates, you know, and like, if there's like three people living in the apartment, um, 
and one one person has some kind of issues with the other person of like not taking the trash out or he's not doing his duties right that person like that person probably is like man like i can take this trash out whenever i want right because it's my duty so i can take care of it whenever i want this other person is like well you have this duty why can't you just take it out right now because it's sitting there you know right until and unless this is said how is the other person going to know? Right. So like, for me, it's like, man, like, why are you having these expectations? Like if you even have these unrealistic expectations, I would say voice it out. Cause that would be so much better than just both parties, just not talking and being in their own rooms mm-hmm. and saying like this one person is like, man, I can just take it out tomorrow or I can just take it out this weekend. Right. And this other person is just, just getting mad for no reason thinking, why is he not taking out? Why is he not doing his duty? Why don't you just, you live in the, you live under the same roof. Just come together, have a mature conversation of like, Hey, when we first started living here, we had this thing where you said you're going to take the trash out, right? Can you please do it? Cause it is actually bothering me. Cause that would be so much better. Cause like both parties would actually feel lighter. Cause then the other person would be like, man, I actually didn't know that you wanted me to take it out. Like it was bothering you so much. So now as a friend, I would respect you and actually do my job, you know, right. instead of just like having those unrealistic expectations and just sulking in them. Like it would be much better mm-hmm. to not have those unrealistic expectations and just voice out your thoughts. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, no, like you said, I remember having this conversation yeah. with you about last some a couple of weeks back. But uh, we might have talked about this then, but uh, just to sort of bring it back up, if we have, what is it that makes people set these unrealistic expectations? And what is it that doesn't make them realize that they have set these unexpected or unrealistic expectations? Hmm. Um, I feel like each of us as individuals have like this innate self of just like wanting to be heard and wanting to be known Mm. you know Mm. and i think that's where like the expectations like come off from is like or like are stem from is like man like me myself personally i know my like i know myself so like i would want if if i were you i would do this to me to make me feel loved or i would do this to me Mm. to make me feel respected or honored or you know like fill in the blank but like what we don't understand is like we can't really do that until unless someone else knows that because yes god has created us with all these emotions and feelings but unfortunately he hasn't given us the power of mind reading you know Mm. so like And the reason he's given us these emotions and feelings is so that we can share it and actually take part in the beauty of this gift that we are given of emotions, you know, to like actually letting it out. So like for people, like, I think what stops them is like, man, like if they are my best friend and they know me so well, why wouldn't they know this part of me too? Well, did you ever talk about it? Probably not. Mm. So how are they going to know about this? The reason people know you so, so the the reason best friends are best friends and they know you so well is because you guys do life together. It's because you talk mm-hmm. so much. It's because you share everything with each other, right? 
So like that's the way people become best friends. That's the way people get close when they actually share their life with each other, not just sit there in silence and just spend time with each other. Right? So like it is important for people to understand that like it's like there is there is an innate self that wants to be known, wants to be loved, but mm. it doesn't happen until and unless you speak it out. Like this is what you need right. or this is what you require. Mm-hmm. Fair point. Yeah. Um, what do you think? This is just a random sort of. Oh, oh no, I do agree. Oh no, 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 you're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, I agree. Like you know, sometimes, and I've noticed this with myself too. Like, if I'm working with somebody, and I probably might have mentioned this before, some in some episode, but when you're working with somebody, you tend to set an expectation. You tend to set a goal of achieving something together, mm-hmm. but then you see that person not doing their part. Right. And you get worked up about it. Um, Yes, it is their job to do it. But at the same time, have you sort of made it clear as to what they need to do? Is it very much possible that they're not sure about what they need to do, which is why they're sort of running around like a headless (laughs) sort of chicken, not knowing what to do. Mm -hmm. So like sort of setting that sense of unrealistic expectation um, can be detrimental in that sense, because it also affects the relationship you have with that person. Mm -hmm. You might have been, you might have been, even if you weren't like the best of friends, you might have been friends before it. But then because of these differences that you share in the way that you work, it can be, it can be detrimental to the relationship that you all have. And I mean, I'm saying this solely from like the perspective of working with people in college, (laughs) because I've had, I've had a few dicey, you know, like sort of relationships in terms of like working relationships with people. Um, Yeah. So like, I think one of those things that came out from that experience was the fact that I didn't necessarily let them know what I wanted from them. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, I was just like in my head, I was like, why is this person not doing their thing? Why? Like this person just sucks, you know, like they should be doing their job, but why are they not doing their right. job? But then ultimately you come to a realization of the fact that, okay, first of all, well, I guess there's many different conversations to have to be had about this, but I think you need to come to understand that the way that they work is sort of a product of the way that they're brought up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if they're sort of around people, if they're from an environment that's laid back, <coughs> they're going to be laid back. Yeah. Sure, they'll get the work done, but they're still going to be laid back in the manner in which they get it done. Mm if they come from a school of thought where their parents are very sort of go-getters, they're like, get it done now and get it out of the way. Then that's how you will be to an extent. Right. Not going to be the same, but that's sort of like how your mental framework will be. So I think it also comes down to sort of understanding that in a situation where you can't necessarily kick people out of a group mm-hmm. or like get another person to take that job. Yeah. In the real world, I, this is just a personal belief. In the real world, I think you can do that. You can find people who are like-minded for you to be able to, well, they're not going to be a hundred percent, but you can still find people who sort of overlap with your way of, or with your method of your method of madness that y'all can keep going to some extent. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are going to be differences. Of course there will be, but um, there will be, you can find a lot more overlap in the real world than you can in colleges or in sort of councils where you're voted in. Yeah by different people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, I'm not, for those of you who've been a part of the council that I was a part of, I'm not throwing shade at anybody. <laughs> I'm just 
being genuine about how I felt yeah. about like sort of working in general, generally speaking yeah. to people. So, yeah. No, absolutely. Totally. I hope I answered your question with that. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You did. Yeah. I do. I do feel like, like, and I might be wrong. Cause like, I'm not like the, I'm not like the, just the wise person ever, but like, I think, I think what you're trying to uh, say is like in the real world, I feel like that's more of a, an ideal world as compared to the real world. Okay. Does that make sense? Fair, fair, fair. Cause like, fair point. Cause like yes. for my, for me, like the way I understand what you said is like your real world. When you said it, you were like, well, you can find people who are like with the same thoughts and you overlap thoughts and like things like that. I feel like that would be ideal world for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like it would be an ideal yes. world for me. I think the real world will mm-hmm. be where people don't get together. Let's have yeah. different, have different, I guess like people do get together, but they have differences and they get, get together oh, yeah. with their differences. I just, I just had to say my point there. No, no, no. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you 100%. I think there is a difference there. Yeah. For sure. No, now that you mentioned that, you do you do make a good point in the sense that there is a difference between it being the ideal world versus the real mm-hmm. world because those are two different yeah. things. Yeah. Because the ideal world, in a way, is perfect. Right. In a way, it's sort of what you want. Exactly. Whereas the real world is what you get. Mm-hmm. It's what it <laughs> no, is. what you want. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, totally. I agree with you in that sense. Um, what What do you think? Oh, this is maybe a more of a philosophical question, but uh, what do you think about the thought of what you need, or not in what you need, but getting what you want versus getting what you're meant to get? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm getting what you want versus getting what you get. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like us as humans, and this is like my belief and this is like, um, what I believe in. And like, um, Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel, I feel like we're all meant to get something. Right. Right. So like, I feel like there's there's a story that has been written, but we as humans are given the free will to make those decisions to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So like I feel so like in the Christian belief, in the in the thing that I believe, I feel like God has a plan for each and in each and every one of us, right? Now, right. how that plan works out can be like a part of like, man, like, cause like he's, he, he hasn't created robots. He's created humans, right? So he's created mm-hmm. humans with the understanding of like, man, like I give you the free choice of making your own decisions, but at the end of the day, it's going to happen the way I want it to. That makes sense. It, it can get a little like tricky there. Cause like what, <clears throat> what I believe is like what you get is what God's plan is, right? Right. But what I want is my choices that I'm making in this life here on earth. Mm. So like, for example, I, like I could very well not be in the field that I want to be in, 
mm. right? But right now I want to, right? I feel called yeah. to this field, right? But I very but I know like the reality of it is like I know that like there is a possibility that this could not be what I get. Mm. Right. So like, but I'm still going to pursue it because this is where I feel led. This is where I feel called. So I'm still going to pursue it. So I'm still wanting this and I'm still doing mm. things to want this. But at the end, I possibly couldn't get it. So, the, so what I get is already planned. God has it for me and it's still going to be good because God has it for me, you know, but, mm-hmm. but like going through the course of it, there might be like some struggles. There might be some like just disappointments of just like, cause for me as a human, when I'm going through it, I'm looking at, at it with the perspective of like straight ahead. Right. Like I'm looking at it like, yeah. man, I'm going to be an athletic trainer. I want to be a cardiac rehab person. Right. So this is what I want. So I'm looking at it from a, perspective of like straightforward i'm going at it i want this so i'm going to do things to get there right god has a perspective of from the above and he has a plan for us and Mm -hmm. he knows everything and every situation that can happen right so like if i do not make a choice that was according to god's plan i'm still going to end up where he wants me to but i'm going to learn something from that that choice that I made that didn't go my way, you know, does that, does that make any sense? No, it does. It does. It does. Because it's sort of like, um, it's sort of like coming to understand that what you feel like you want might not necessarily be the best thing for you Mm -hmm. because there's already a path set for you. That is probably the best path for you. You you concluded it in the best way possible. That is beautiful. That is so good. Right. Yeah. It's, it's something like that. Yeah. yeah I just, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I meant <laughs> in all of those 500 yeah. words that I said. <laughs> no, yeah, totally. But I, I agree. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you in a lot of ways because a lot of it depends on the choices that we make. Mm-hmm. Cause I think a lot of the times when we make the statement, Oh, like it's already written for us, you know, everything that we're, bound to do on this journey on earth is already planned Mm -hmm. um a lot of the times i feel like the question that pops up is then why are we doing what we're doing like why do we have to choose you know Mm -hmm. we'll end up getting there eventually i think the choices that you make play a role in getting you to that goal because i think depending on and I was literally having a conversation about this with uh, the another person I recorded with earlier today. Um, and um, it's, it's fascinating how, if let's say how, let's say like, if the end goal is to be a certain thing, the choices that you make will probably, and this, this is based off of what we just talked about. Uh, the choices that you make can sway you multiple different ways, mm-hmm. but then like eventually you will figure out a way to get to that point mm-hmm. and be if that point is i don't know being being a content creator yeah. or being whatever mm-hmm. you know like you beat around the bush right. to get to that end point right. based off of the choices that you make right because uh, a lot of the times we can silence the thoughts that we have being like oh uh like oh i feel like i should start doing something on instagram or on youtube yeah. but then you're like no my parents are not going to let me do that i shouldn't do it and then you don't do it yeah but then 
if that is where you're supposed to go, it'll find its way into your life. Eventually. Um, eventually to sort of get you there. And yeah, I'm I'm a firm believer in the fact that things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um if there's a lesson to be learned somewhere, uh you will end up being there yeah. to learn that lesson. Yep. Be it good or bad, be it heartbreak or be it the <laughs> best moment of your life. Right. So No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I feel like uh yeah. when you said um <clears throat> when you said the part where um if everything already is written then why do it when you already know that you're going to get to that point i i would like to like share share a perspective of that yeah, that yeah. phrase or that sentence just like yeah go for it yes for me as a so i think we've talked about this a little bit of like what my purpose is as a human being what i believe my purpose is or what i believe as our purpose is as human beings right for me personally my purpose is to know god and let his name be known right mm-hmm. so like to know god in his fullness like well we can't do that because like we're not like close to god like that yeah. but like to know god in his fullness and to know god like in and his attributes and his characteristics and let people let let people know that why i do it is so that when i meet meet with him face to face i understand i am ready to meet him mm-hmm. and understand that like man you're the creator of this world you created me for a reason and i hope that i did my best to do what i was supposed to do and now that i'm here i actually know and this is what i was looking forward to right you know so like i feel like our life here on earth is that part where we are learning who god is through different things we're learning what our purpose is through different things and like again because we have our choices to make we can go either the wrong direction or the right direction but ultimately we're going to get to the point where we're going to be like okay this is where the lord or like god wants me exactly you know and through those like even though like i'm here in that it, when you look back you're like man like there were lessons in my life that have brought me here you know there's a reason i'm here today because those things happened in my life if those things wouldn't have happened i would have been in a completely different area or a completely different place mm-hmm. So, just wanted to add that. Right. Yeah. No, totally. Totally, totally. That makes a lot of sense because you know, I feel like that's a question that pops up usually when you're trying to have a logical conversation with somebody who maybe doesn't believe in things being written mm. or things like being finalized for us. Right. A lot of the times, like I feel like that's sort of an argument that comes out and why are we doing why are we doing anything, you know? Right. Why don't we just stand here and excuse me, why don't we just stand here and wait for it to happen? Come to yeah. Kind of thing. Come to us, yeah. Um right but it's but it's a it's a thing of self discovery right mm-hmm. yeah everything is a bit of a self discovery like towards getting there to you're discovering yourself as you're like you said um as you're sort of becoming a better person preparing yourself setting yourself up to be able to meet that high power right um yeah so totally <laughs> I, i i get what you said uh just to sort of bounce off of that i mean i know this about you mm-hmm. but for those of them who don't know how would you explain your relationship with god mm-hmm. and how important that is to you as a human being mm. that's that's a really good question um i feel like that's that's what defines me to like put that in like the shortest of sentences like my relationship with god is what defines me my relationship with god is what my identity is in you know 
Because mm. like for me being a Christian and believer in Jesus, I have been told through the Bible that God created me in his image. God created all of us in his mm. image. So like I am like like when you when you look in Genesis, the first first book in the Bible, it says the the God created land and earth, water, heavens, plants, trees, animals, all of that by speaking it into existence, right? But when he created man and woman, mm. he created them. Like he did it with his hands. Like he took the time to do that. So that's the intimacy of that relationship that where that comes from. It's like, man, like my creator just didn't speak me into existence. He actually created me. He designed me. And that actually like was a really cool thing that like it kind of like takes me back to what what is something that I learned in school through my classes that blew my mm -hmm. mind is like when I was in human anatomy and I was like in a cadaver lab and I would watch a human body just open right and I would see the details of a human body the intricacies of how everything goes into the right place and if it doesn't you die right but like right you look at a skull you see all these holes that the veins and arteries go through and it just is so beautiful because you're like man like this just didn't come about someone created it a higher mm. power a divine power created it you know like has to create it there is no way the intricacy the details have been placed at the right spot by somebody not just like from somewhere right so for me, that, yeah. that is a reminder of like, man, like that's my relationship with God is like intimate. Like my, I, I am, it is so important for me to have a relationship with the creation. And the, mm. I think the beauty of like what I see in Christianity is like, we were supposed to not have a relationship because of what the brokenness of this world is, the sin of this world is, right? And what Jesus did for us on the cross it's like, I love this verse in the Bible. It's just John 3.16. It literally says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him shall not be perished but have eternal life. It's pretty much saying God loves his creation so much, but creation brought sin into this world by disobeying God. But God still longs for a relationship, wants a relationship with us. So he sent his only son to die for us so that we can believe in him, that he raised from the dead on the third day so that we can put our trust in him. So that when we have that eternal life, when we live that eternal life, we're like close to God. What was the question? How, what's my relationship with God? It's more about your relationship and yeah, your relationship and... Why is it important? Why is it important? Right. And I think it is important because like, as I'm growing, as I'm aging, mm. I am realizing that life is short. The most mm. a human life can be is 100 years. If you're lucky, 101, 102, right? If you like, that's, that's it, you know? But when you see it in a bigger perspective, you're like, that's that's the only amount of numbers that we're going to live here on this earth, right? There, so there is an afterlife, right? I think mm. it is the relationship of God with me or my relationship with God is so important because of that afterlife. Because that is what I'm striving for. That is what I'm looking towards. You know, this 70 to 100 years here 
yes, it means something. And yes, it's again, like going back to the purpose. It's like for me to know him and to make people know about him. But like the relationship is so important is because he promised me that afterlife with him, that longing that, that he longs to have that relationship with me. So that like, when, when I'm done here, when I, when he's done with me here on this earth, I get to like spend eternity with him. I think that's why it's like so important to me to like know who God is, know who Jesus is and like my relationship with him. Gotcha. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Cause I, yeah, I'm of a similar school of thought wherein, you know, like, uh, afterlife and like rebirth or whatever else everybody else believes in it's sort of the end goal is to get you to a point where you're ready to go to the highest planets to meet God mm-hmm. or whatever religious figure or the universe or whatever else anybody else believes. In. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with you totally. Uh, just one last question before we head into uh, Bish Bash Bosh. Um, I feel like we live in a world where we're very vitriolic, not us specifically, but people in general, are very vitriolic towards other religions. And we try to throw our personal beliefs onto other people. Like for example, be it mm-hmm. uh, in India where people tend to attack others for eating cows. And like, you know, mm-hmm. I talked about this in a recent episode that came out. Um, at the time of recording, but um, I am I'm of personal belief that let people live, do whatever, let them do whatever they want to do. If that's their end, if that's their way of seeking happiness, mm. so be it. Like you know, as much as you want, you might want people to believe the things that you believe in. Mm-hmm. You can't change everybody unless they want to change. Yeah. So you know how how important do you think it is for us from an overarching perspective? to sort of come to that acceptance of understanding that we're not going to be able to change everybody or make people believe in what we believe in. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it is important for people to understand that like we live in a world that is filled with different people, you know, like you and I, we have common things. We have common things and like, we have like overarching things that are like common over us. Right but we're not the same people at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know? And so like our beliefs and our thoughts and our actions, our behaviors, the way our brain works, all of it is like so different, so unique. Like that's the beauty. It's like, like I said, like God created all of us in his own, own image. That's the uniqueness of right. his creation. It's like, we're all so unique that like none of us is same, Right. So with that comes like different perspectives, different thoughts, different beliefs, all that stuff. So like, I think it is so important for like people to understand that, like, I think the perspective comes from like, you need to see another person as a creation of God, Mm. you know, you need Mm. to see this person as like, like they are valuable, you know, I think what creates division is when people lose that sight when they look at somebody and like he's lower than me or he's or i'm Mm. superior to him just because fill in the blank like whatever right yeah like for me like an example would be like and uh, um the latest news that i found from india was like this woman was killed stabbed to death by her husband because she wanted to go to work right I think the thinking, the thought nature of that is like, man, like what makes someone do that? You know, 
Right. And like I think what li- what 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 stems what stems is from that is like he doesn't see her as a person. You know? Mm. He doesn't see her as a valuable asset to the society. He doesn't right. see her the way we are supposed to see each other as human beings, you know? And like that's mm-hmm. the crazy part is like and that's that's what I believe is the problem of the brokenness that we're living in in this world. It's like every single person is so unique and we're so asked and called to see each other with respect and value and just like see them how God sees them. I I posted this thing on Mm -hmm. my story today um, saying, let my heart break for what breaks God's heart. You know, because... Because think about it, like when you sit down and you actually are in your thoughts and you're thinking about the things that are going on in this world, what is God thinking about it? Mm -hmm. You know, like, again, like it's all a part of a plan, but again, it breaks his heart how his creation is interacting with each other. Like that is not Mm. how he designed us to be. Right. And I think that's the beauty of it is like, man, like for us to be able to understand like human beings are created in God's image. So we need to see each other as God's image. We need to respect each other as God's image. And I think the other part of it, I would say it's like a, it's like the same coin, but has two different sides. It's like, Mm -hmm. I feel like people actually are not striving towards, because it it gets a little like, it gets a little, hazy when it comes down to like man because like when you say like let people live and let them do their thing i feel like people take that in people take that so lightly because like Mm -hmm. for a lot of people and i've had conversations with some people where they're like man like i'm gonna do whatever i want in my life right and i'm gonna do whatever comes to my mind i don't care if it's right or if it's wrong Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do it because Mm -hmm. it makes me feel happy right Mm. I personally think that is not a good outlook to see life is because like, again, just because you have the choice to make those choices doesn't mean you should make them because there are consequences. Oh yeah. Right. 100%. Right. Um, and like, I, I think it like comes down to like, for me as a Christian, for me as a believer, the reason I tell people about my faith and my belief and what Jesus has done for me is like, I feel like, there's like this hope that I have found that I would love for someone I love to find as well. Right. Right. And I think the reason, the reason like people don't like, people don't like it is because like, like you said, like the way people do it or the way people approach it, it's like, man, like, because I'm a Christian, I believe this way. I want you to believe this way. Well, that's not how it works because we are not the same people, you know, mm-hmm. like it would be a better approach to tell them what you believe and then it's up to them if they want to believe it right exactly and like i think for us it's like for us christians it's like we believe our truth to be the absolute truth if that makes sense Mm -hmm. you know and like we're living in a culture that is so surrounded by relative truth which Mm. It's kind of funny to me because it's like, 
it's pretty much saying your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. So we both right. have our own truths, which like mm. at the end of the day, we both know that's not how it works. I think we have had that conversation before where I said mm-hmm. the sun sets from the east, a uh, sun, sun rises in the east, sets in the west. Right. You and I both know that. Mm-hmm. So that's like the truth that nobody can change. Right. Right. And that's why I think like people are like, well, for me, sun can set in the West and arise in the West. And like, well, I'm like, well, for you, you can think that, but that is not <laughs> the actual reality of it. You know? So I think for us, it's like our faith, our belief is like, so like dependent on that. Cause like, like I said, like our afterlife is dependent on that is the reason why we as Christians are so much more like, man, like, I love you as a brother in Christ. I love you as a brother and sister. So I want to share it with you. Now, again, the Bible doesn't tell us to go shove these, shove the gospel or shove the good news into people's throats. Bible says it's like, go share it with people, right? Share the good news with people. And then God will do what he wants to do in their, in the people's lives, right? For us, it's not, we are not the people who are going to be saving people. Or we're not the people, mm-hmm. we're not called to save people. We're not called to like, man, like, let me save you or let me tell you this. We're All we're asked to do is like share the good news. So basically saying what Jesus did in my life, what Jesus did on the cross, this is what I put my hope in. And I think you should do it. You don't have to do it because ultimately at the end of the day, it's your choice. But there are consequences to your choice, Right. And I think that's, I think that's the perspective that like people need to see it with. It's like, man, like you can share your thoughts, you can share your beliefs, but like ultimately you, yes, like you have a choice to make, but also like you have to think about like, what is truth? What is Mm. the actual truth at the end of the day? If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because like it always like, it always like intrigues me to have conversation because I love having conversations like this. And I'm always like, man, like, what do you believe in? And do you, do you like as a person believe it to be true? You know? And then from there on, we can be like, well, if you do believe it to be true, is it actually true? Mm -hmm. You know? Because I don't want, I don't want to like get at the end of the stage or end of life and know that two plus two is not four, you know? I would be like, oh my goodness, my whole life was a lie. Right. right? So, yeah. it's Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you make a good point. Yeah. You make a good I point. That and, yeah, the way, yeah. yeah, it did. It did. It did. It did. It did. It did answer it from your perspective. And yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think a lot of the times it can be hard to sort of talk about this because we try to play it defensive mm-hmm. and not want to try and offend people. Mm. But yeah, sometimes we do need to talk about this because like we had this conversation a couple of weeks back that we, before we, when we met, we don't challenge our beliefs enough uh, to where we get to sort of retrospectively think about why we're believing in it. Right. So, you know, all these sort of things like sort of help in terms of thinking, pondering on that. Yeah. And you know, you might not want to change everything, but you will still sort of get a perspective about the fact that you will know why you're doing what mm. you're doing. And that can lead you to change if you want to change. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, totally. and like, I would, I would say this to you and to the listeners listening is like, 
because this is this I feel like I I feel not obligated, but I feel like a sense of responsibility to say that. I keep like messing mm-hmm. with my headphone because I want to be able to hear myself too. Yeah. Um, if there is a Christian in your life that is trying to like force Christianity on you, I would say like run. Mm. Second point I would say is like, even if you don't want to run and have a conversation with them, you can point them towards the gospel. You can point them towards the Bible and be like, this is not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to share your faith, not save me as if you are God. Right. You know, like to have a conversation with them. So like, so that it challenges them as well to be like, to actually think, but like, Hey, am I actually doing what I'm supposed to, or am I just doing it because of my personal agenda? Mm. You know, that's mm. yeah. If th- that's, I feel like that should help because like that, it hurts my heart. It breaks our heart as, as Christians and like, like the friends that I have who are Christians because we have conversations about it and it breaks our heart to know that like, Christians who are called to love and serve people around them are literally screaming and yelling at people that they're not doing right. Mm. So that is not how it's supposed to be. That is not what Christianity is about. Christianity is about loving and serving and being the light and being a reflection of who Jesus is. Mm. Totally. That is, that is a beautiful way to sort of cap the segment. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing yeah. that because, yeah, no, it's a good reminder for, and not just for people who are uh, followers of Christianity, but for people who are Hindus or um, Muslims for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't necessarily go to people and shove your belief system down their throat. Right. Because um, all you're doing is making them gag and throw up on your no. face. Not literally, yeah, but absolutely. figuratively. <laughs> So I shouldn't have put it that way, but (laughs) it's a good way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, yeah, be understanding and uh, yeah, share with them rather than trying to shove it down their throat. Beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. So let's, let's head into the segment called Bish Bash Bosh, where I'll give you five different words. Um, and you will have to respond to them in three words or in three phrases. So, for example, if I was to say, what are three things that come to your mind when I say the word fitness? Mm-hmm. You would respond to those in three words or three phrases. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? No, yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, this is a recurring segment wherein I give the same words to every guest. Um, so, yeah, it's just a way of sort of seeing how people respond to the same words and like sort of connecting those uh, and so on. Yeah. But yeah, the first word is differences. What comes to your mind when I say the word differences? Mm. Let's say people, cultures, Mm -hmm. languages. Mm. Cool. What comes to your mind when I say the word nuance? Can you explain what nuance is? Sure. Uh, I think one way of putting it would be that understanding that there is gray Mm. and it's not all black and white. Mm. There is layers to everything that you see, sort of thing. Got you. Mm. Nuances. I don't know why this comes to my mind, but um, empathize. Okay, interesting. Um, I would say um, opinions. Mm. Um. Man, 
nuance is hard. Mm. Is that your third word? Nuance is hard. Hey, I mean, <laughs> sure, if that counts, if that counts, nuances is hard. No, yeah, because in today's world, it is hard to find that gray matter. Because for a lot of people, it's black and white. So let's yep. just go with that. Totally. That's good. <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, the third word is learning. What comes to your mind when I say the word learning? Mm. Never ending. Oh, my stomach. <laughs> the what? No, I don't know if the mic caught it, but my stomach just growled. Uh-oh. So I was like, oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, yeah. Never ending. Knowledge. Education. Yeah. Gotcha. Nice. Uh, the fourth word is em- empathy. What comes to your mind when I say the word empathy? empathy. Relatable. Mm. I would also say listen and be slow to speak mm. to be i feel like to be able to empathize you need to be able to listen quicker than you speak mm. Mm. i like that yeah i like that and the last word for this segment is similarities what comes to your mind when i say the word similarities mm. i would say differences for sure mm-hmm. um again languages mm. and um people cool. yeah those are the three words <laughs> cool i like it i like it i like it oh yeah. thank you so much for uh those responses we're gonna head into the last two questions i don't know why i did that but we're gonna head into the last two questions for the podcast okay um the first one being, um, how do you relate to people? How do I relate to people? Like, is it like, what what is it that re- like I relate with? Or how do I go about relating with people? It could be anything based off of how you perceive what relating to people is. Okay. Um, I think I'm a big advocate of like listening. So like to be able to like relate to people, I have to listen to them. And I would actually add intentional listening and not just like sitting there and like going in and out, like actually like having a conversation and like intentionally listening to them. Cause like for you to relate to somebody, you need to know them. So like if you don't know them and like the only way to know them is to listen to them when they speak. So listening, intentional listening is how I relate to people. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And for the last one, the last one's not really a question, but more of a request. If you could leave us with a positive thought or a positive quote before we close off, mm-hmm. please do. The stage is yours. Positive thought, positive thought. Let me, let me think about it so that I can make it a good one. Go for it. Um, By all means, take your time. Okay. I will, I'll, I will say this and I'm quoting it from the Bible. I can't remember what reference it is. But okay. it says, above all, guard your heart. And I think we've had this conversation mm. before. And I can like actually we explain have. this. It's like, guard your heart in any situation that you're in, you know? And that that involves, that like encapsulates all we talked about, unrealistic expectations. Because like you going into a situation, try not to have unrealistic expectations guard your heart don't give yourself way too much into a situation before even knowing what that situation is about don't invest yourself way too much in a situation where you probably 
will end up disappointing yourself because you had those expectations. So you did it to yourself. So don't do it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Guard your heart in any situation. I would say career, relationships, friendships, anywhere that you go. That's why the Bible says, above all, guard your heart. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes, sir. That's a beautiful way to close us off. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the yeah, time no off to problem. do this. Thank you so much for having. This was awesome. Yeah. I loved it, man. I loved it so much. No, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that we could have a great conversation. Yeah. And to those of you listening or watching, thank you so much. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik. Make sure to follow Jonathan on his social media accounts, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review on the platform of your choice, and follow Random Relatability on social media. Share your thoughts on the guest introduction post on the Random Relatability Instagram page, and also check the description for other sources of information and content that we've talked about today. If you've made it this far, thank you once again. I really, really appreciate you listening to the entire episode and joining in on the conversation. That was really long, really. And now that's a lot of reallys in the same sentence. And I apologize. <laughs> but until next time, stay safe, take care, and don't forget to keep your mind open to different perspectives. Because you never know, random relatability might just be around the corner. <laughs>